any of us ever know what it is to become the perfect version of ourselves. This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. Hey there, Superhuman. It's Boomer Anderson here, your host of this podcast. Thank you once again as we go on this journey to explore the vast world of health, going all the way out to the fringes and back to the mainstream to separate true from false or absolutely bogus and to give you bite-sized pieces of actionable information which you can use in your everyday life. Today's topic is EMF. Electromagnetic radiation is not something that most of us as high-performing professionals think about. We're being bombarded every single day by 5G in some places, by Wi-Fi, and not to mention those one or even two cell phones. I hope you don't have a BlackBerry anymore. And these radio waves and radio frequencies can have an effect on us. In some people, it can lead to brain fog. and some people, it can actually augment the diseases that they're experiencing. So what, as a superhuman, are you to do? I mean, you can't just disconnect all the time. I wanted to bring on an expert today to talk about this and to really pose that question. Our guest today is Robbie Besner. He's the CEO of Therasage. That's T-H-E-R-A-S-A-G-E. You can find them at therasage.com. He's the driving force behind the applied science and technology development of all of Therasage's completely innovative products. They have products in the infrared space. They have products as EMF mitigators. But Robbie's also on the education committee of the prestigious world-renowned Hippocrates Health Institute. He's always invited to speak and educate at various conferences, and I met him at a conference in St. Petersburg, Florida. He's invited to speak at anti-aging groups, fitness forums, infusion centers, toxicology practices, and wound care clinics. And he's also serving as an annual contributor to the Distinguished World Committee on Infrared. Robbie has a vast educational background spanning from Boston University as a bachelor's in science to his postgrad work at the Case Western University Graduate School in Cleveland, Ohio. He's done work in pre-med, psychology, biology, and business administration. Now, what Robbie brings together here is the best of his experience as a scientist, but also ways that you can practically implement strategies and technologies in your everyday life so that you can avoid situations like electromagnetic smog. In this conversation, I really pick Robbie's brain on EMF. First off, what is EMF? What are some potential dangers of EMF? And how can you, as a normal person, mitigate those dangers? This conversation was so much fun for me. We bounced around from topic to topic, and at one point, Robbie does show slides to the screen. I'll put a link to that presentation in the show notes, which you can find at decodingsuperhuman.com backslash Robbie. That's R-O-B-B-Y. I really hope this conversation helps you understand a topic that is becoming increasingly more interesting to me. That's EMFs. I really hope it's useful for you to live a more higher performing life. Thank you once again, and enjoy my conversation with Robbie Vesner. Robbie, it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, I'm so, so happy to be here. And I was really excited about getting to meet you and certainly having an opportunity to discuss this very important topic. I mean, it's 
taking the rage here in the US. And I think as we start to get into our discussions today, you'll see my orientation, how I got so romanced by the effects of these electromagnetic fields and a lot of the science on it. So uh, thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity to educate your viewership as to the how important this particular topic is these days. Awesome. And, and thanks again. You know, I before we delve into all that is EMF, I just want to spend a couple of minutes just sort of telling people how we met because we were at the Health Experts Alliance Conference in, I believe, St. Petersburg a few months ago. And I was sitting across from you at a dinner. You were telling me about all of your trips to China. And I said to myself, we're going to get along. And now we're having this conversation. So thank you again. Well, my, my pleasure. And it was good. And actually, when I go to these conferences, you know, we have a booth and generally I do a fair amount of public speaking. And when I go to these conferences, I go with a fairly low expectation of what to receive, but it's always a pearl to me when I have an opportunity to meet. And it's really about meeting people and connecting and networking. And uh, particularly when the breath comes out of the US with a guy like you that's an up and comer in your area and you're on point and you're dealing with a sort of a demographic that's so important to, to touch in these socioeconomic challenges that we're having these days, because there is an interplay here. And I think that it's really important that, that uh, the work that you're doing, it's fantastic. Thank you. And I'm glad that we're only showing the audio right now because I'd be blushing. So why don't we just jump right into it? Robbie, what is EMF? And if you don't mind just giving the audience a little bit of a background on how you got into this field. Electromagnetic fields, EMF, is basically a frequency that's generated by anything that is electrically driven or powered or battery powered. So that's any device, any wireless device, any electrical device. It's a man-made, electromagnetic fields are man-made. Because if you date back the, from the history of the earth uh, or the world, you know, in the, to the times of Moses and Jesus and Buddha, we didn't have electricity, we didn't have electromagnetic fields, so we didn't have that influence and that stress, uh, that extra stress on, on our bodies. And, and it is truly an important thing and topic for us to talk about today. Now, as far as how I got into it, it's a kind of a journey. And it starts with about 20 years plus ago, my daughter contracted Lyme disease, and when she got sick, being um, a med student and a science student and a businessman myself, we analyzed Lyme disease. Uh, 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of science on it. There were very few Lyme literate doctors that were available for us as a family to, to talk to about our challenge and manage it. And so I chose to find what I thought was the best medical practitioners in the, in the US at the time. And as a family, I just chose to look at the secondary conditions that often follow many chronic ailments, and that is high levels of toxicity. And so it got me on a journey, which is really our passion. I, I developed a company called Therasage. We focus on infrared medical devices, app, different applications, and the applied sciences. I work with all the practitioners on developing the best devices and also the best applications to get optimal results. In that journey, probably about 12 to 14 years ago, I had this dream. And as a I'm a scientist and I'm a dreamer and I also, I often manifest my creations in my dreams and then I bring them to, to life in, in reality, you know? So I had this dream and the dream was that if the body had to choose between defending itself against electromagnetic fields, so these are frequencies, wavelengths, 
that you can't smell, you can't taste, you can't hear them, you can't see them. So do they exist? Should we be fearful of them? So, you know, now EMF, a simple EMF for all intents and purposes really wouldn't be all that much to talk about today, Boomer, honestly. But the problem is, it's not just a single frequency anymore. Because we have this, this movement towards devices that are, are basically wireless, and anything wireless is going to draw a frequency to that device. And if it's a cell phone or a tablet or a Bluetooth uh, headset that you're wearing, I mean, any, of, any and all of these things are going to be drawing your, these frequencies to the body. So to give you an example, and I'm, I'm gonna be kind of sort of all over the road on this discussion. To give you an example, if you look outside my window from where I live here in South Florida, you can visibly see four cell towers. If you plug in our zip code in a particular website, you discover that there are 43 cell towers within four miles of my home. So once again, a single cell tower is gonna have a challenge on the body, but 43 in four miles, the concentration of these frequencies are so great that it's really making a big, a big difference. So I had this dream and the dream was that if the body had to choose between defending itself against these frequencies that you can't see, smell or taste, but the body still senses it because we have a network of energy around us that's actually healthy for us called a biofield. Now, if we have to defend against EMF or we have to receive the the positive effects of infrared frequency, which was my body of work and my focus. And my, my, um, my devices are either plugged in or they're, they uh, are driven by batteries. So I know I'm generating EMF. What do you think your body would choose? Do you think it would choose to defend itself and protect? Or do you think it would be, be good to just ignore that and receive the healthy uh, benefits of infrared sunlight? What do you think? I'm guessing defend itself, but yeah, I don't you're, know. Oh, you're totally right. Great answer. The bodies, the brains, the, your, your um, internal intuitiveness, your health intuitiveness is always about protecting and preserving. Okay? That's just innate in any, basically any animal. And, and even in plants, they do the same. They, they react the same way. They develop mechanisms to protect themselves. Given that notion, this is again 12 to 14 years ago, I just decided to take myself to research the uh, EMF and the best methods to, to shield or protect against EMF. And I employed all of that research into our devices. So as a company, I could feel really proud to deliver full spectrum infrared healing frequencies without the harmful uh, influences of EMF. And that's really what got me on this whole topic. Now, fast forward 12 to 14 years, we've got you know, cell towers and smart meters and, and all of these things that are going on in such a large concentration that it's not, it's not trivial anymore. It's actually something that is fairly significant. And I guess this is the best way I can explain it. Uh, Philip Morris, when they were developing the tobacco industry 40 some odd years ago, they knew that uh, nicotine was very harmful for health. They also knew that it would take 20 plus years or more for the world to catch up to them and, uh, and actually you know, take a stand on it. And even so, still, people are still very actively working in the cigarette industry. Well, I believe that these wireless devices, EMF, the, the, the health science behind EMF 
is sort of the same parallel. The difference is we're living in a much more intellectual and uh, informational-based societies these days. So with internet, you can research a whole bunch of things, and then you hear a lot of stuff from among friends. And I think that that actually accelerates this whole learning curve. And part of what I'm here to do today is try to bring your viewers into really the, the most current information on EMF and why it is so important for us to be aware of it and why it's so important for basically us to protect ourselves from it. Because essentially, Boomer, when it comes down to it, most of the devices that are made are developed by companies that really don't have a lot of health concerns in mind. They're mostly focusing on the economics. And that being said, it's really our responsibility to take charge of what, what it all means and how it affects our health. Now in the US, we know it's very economic driven. What I've always appreciated about Europe and the areas where you live particularly is that you, you kind of have health-minded you know, interests first. And when I, when I travel a lot and I spend many, many uh, weeks a year in Asia, I always love looking at the BBC and I love looking at how that the, the outside world looks at the US market. So, and then I love to talk to guys like you and meet people like you and then share these ideas because from a cultural point of view, there are many countries in Europe that are actually banning wireless devices because they truly appreciate how harmful these frequencies will be. And, that, and I, applaud, I applaud that because you look above the economics and you really care about the preservation of life and, and mostly health and wellness so that it's an important topic for us to talk about. Yeah, and I think you touched on a very good point here and something that I preach to all of our clients, but also anyone listening to this is this concept of empowered responsibility, whereby, you know, it's your job to learn as much as you can about this health field and to really protect yourself. We'll try and give you the tools, but nobody else is going to do it for you. As the old saying goes, you know, your, your responsibility or nobody else will care for you, but you. So I, I do think that this whole, uh, what your message and what you're trying to spread here is very, very useful. But perhaps just moving on to um, the next topic, because some people listening to this may not be as familiar with EMF as others, but what are the common symptoms of just uh, EMF sensitivity and what can this actually lead to if it's not addressed? Well, I spend most of my career working with health practitioners and I really focused in on, because of the nature of the infrared side of our work, on chronically ill people, people that are, have fibromyalgia, have cancer, have Lyme disease, have effects of mold and, and uh, fungus, they've got uh, challenges with chronic fatigue, autoimmune diseases. These are all the big ones. It's not just, uh, unfortunately, there's no boundaries when it comes to healthcare. There's no boundaries when it comes to the global uh, challenge that we're having with environmental toxicity. And so electrosmog, or what we're talking about today, the effects of RF and EMF oscillating frequencies, is a global challenge. Now, there are concentrations. Usually, the cities are the areas where it's mostly concentrated. So what are the kinds of things you might see? If, you, if you're fighting a health challenge, then it's just one more stress that suppresses your immune system that will actually favor the health challenge that you have. Meaning, if you've got cancer and now you're thrown it immersed into a highly concentrated electromagnetic field, then it's going to accelerate your disease. 
And actually, this was a study that just came out recently by a very famous doctor here in the US named Diedrich Klinghart. I'm sure you probably have seen some of his work. And Klinghart is uh, basically a cancer and a Lyme guy, and he works in the Pacific Northwest part of the US. And so his clients mostly domicile along the coastline. And so you've got people in San Francisco all the way down to LA. And then you have the people in the, on the West Coast that live in the rural areas away from the cities. These are his patients. He did blood studies and what the viewers may, some, one of the analytics when you look at blood is the concentration of neurotoxin, which is the byproduct of a microbial. So you have a little bacteria, you have a back parasite uh, in your body and in its life cycle, it breeds, it uses your life resources and it poops. The poop is a neurotoxin, okay? Mm -hmm. That can be measured in your blood. When he measured the concentration of neurotoxins from his patients that come from the cities versus the patients that come from the rural areas, it was 80 to 90 times greater in the city. Hold on, hold on. 80 to 90 times greater if you're in the cities versus the rural areas. Yes. Wow. Now, they're breathing the same air, they're eating the same food, and they're drinking the same water. They're probably smoking the same things that they smoke also. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yet, their concentration of blood neurotoxin is 80 to 90 times greater. So Dr. Klinghart postulates that it's because of the effects of the concentration of electromagnetic fields, the higher level of oscillating frequencies that are actually activating these little bugs inside of them to actually create a much faster life cycle. It's energizing microbes. They're pooping more. Mm -hmm. So now, now that is fairly significant. It's probably the closest thing to real health science that can explain the ill effects of electromagnetic fields. So you asked a really great question. If you're normal and you're healthy and you're young, maybe you'll get more headaches or maybe you'll just be more tired. You know, if you have- Brain fog is a one that I hear about a lot. Brain fog, uh, the lack of focus and concentration. You're, you know, uh, what's the one when you shake your foot a lot? Like a active- Restless leg syndrome. Yeah, all of that stuff. Basically, electromagnetic fields are affecting and distorting your body electric. And, you know, it's exacerbated by a lot of things, Boomer, because these days we don't touch the earth anymore. We're not grounded. Okay. We wear sneakers or we wear shoes that basically glide on the earth, but we're not really touching earth charge. Now I'm not targeting any particular culture or any particular place. I'm just talking generally speaking. Um, maybe in Europe, it's different. Maybe in Europe, you guys uh, focus on kicking your shoes off and running through the fields and hugging oak trees and doing all that kind of great stuff. I'm glad this is, as an American, I'm glad to hear this because in Europe, I can tell you it's a little different. Uh, there's not quite the, the hippie lifestyle that everybody says, but there is some emphasis on health, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, in the US, we, I, I make a point of doing it. I live near the beach and at least three or four times a week, I get up before the sunrise and I take one of these heavy sand fat bikes, they call it, and I ride on the sand and I swim in the ocean and I make sure that I actually touch the earth. Uh, I walk barefoot in my home and I very much want to get the earth charged into my body because I do need to balance that out. Now the offset are all these frequencies that are all swimming all around us. And what I did today for you and for the viewership, I know that we're working on audio feed now, but, but these slides will become available to you so that you can work them into your, your information so that you can show the people what an EMF looks like, for instance. And that was actually something that was very important to me. 
because as I mentioned earlier, for the most part, you can't see them, hear them, smell them, or taste them, right? So what I did was um, we got in contact with a photographer in New York City that works with a particular kind of style of photography that's called Kirklian. It's the kind of photography that actually captures auras around people and things. So it's capturing an energy around the person. And I thought, what if we apply that to see if we can capture EMF? And so today for your eyes and actually for your viewers, probably for the first time, they're going to see what an EMF looks like. And so once, when I start to show these slides, when I present in front of doctors, they're amazed. Most of them fall out of their chair. The first thing I ask is how many of the doctors in the room uh, have one cell phone on or two cell phones on them? And I get about 10 to 11% of the audience. If you went to an audience of bankers, it would probably be 80 to 90%, but that's it. Yeah, I would probably start off with three cell phones if I was talking to financial <laughs> people. But yeah, I mean, these are your guys, right? You're talking to business people. These are, the, these are your viewers. These are the guys that we're most concerned about because mm -hmm. they're drawn to the technology because everything is so fast paced, right? So they're kind of the ones that we, we need to um, raise awareness, but also the community that I'd love to address are the, are the mothers the small families, because when we talk about the health effects, between zero and 15, many of the neural pathways that are being formed in children, are, are, that's when it happens, between that zero to 15, age of 15. So when I travel, I took, I've noticed that a lot of the young families, sometimes they're toting kids like in two carriages down the runways to the airplane. They don't travel with nannies anymore. The little kids age two years old, they're holding tablets. Those are their na nannies. In one way, I'm marveled because I can't believe, I mean, I'm technically challenged. So, so to see a two-year-old being able to actually play with games and amuse themselves and do all that stuff is, is pretty, pretty cool. The other side is they're drawing all these fields, electromagnetic fields to them, which I know is affecting their brainwaves. Now, when you want to explain the skyrocketing trends of autism and attention deficit disorders and all these childhood um, social and health challenges, not, not even going to cancer and some of the ones that are still present, uh, again, those are rising, but, but the ones that are affecting everyday life and everyday family, I think a lot of it has to do with the technology that is all around us and how it is upsetting the body's ability to actually connect the dots on the neural pathways that are truly forming in their brains. And just for the audience, we'll link to the slides that Robbie mentions in the show notes. Those will be at decodingsuperhuman.com backslash Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y. And, you know, Robbie, you did touch on one point, and I think it's kind of interesting to note that Steve Jobs wouldn't let his kids play with the iPad. So, you know, the inventor of the iPad himself did not let his kids play with the iPad. Wow. But perhaps just moving on real quick on the on the side of symptoms and, you know, we, we discussed what this can lead to if it's not addressed. But if someone thinks they're actually EMF sensitive, what steps should they take in order to address this? The first thing you need to, I think that everyone should be aware of is that there is very inexpensive solutions to protecting against EMF. And there are also inexpensive solutions to detect EMF fields. So the first part of the challenge here or our problem is, do they exist? And if they exist, are they harmful? And so science is proving and health science is proving that they not only exist, but they exist in, in enormous concentrations. They exist in an environment 
that is mostly driven by economics, not by health-minded people. And so that's a, that's a locomotive train that's out of control, okay? And that's where we are right now. And until that's reeled back in, either by the people or by societies or by government, and we all know that many governments are fed by the economics, by the companies that are developing the devices. So, so I don't think that realistically I can speak for the U.S. that I can depend on my senator or my governor or actually the U.S. government themselves to protect me against the harmful effects of EMF. That make, means that it falls back on me and my understanding. And because of that, it's so important for us to be talking today. So with that in mind, you can go, I mean, I know that there's Amazon everywhere in the world these days, but you can go on Amazon in the States and, and for less than 50 bucks, you can buy a device and I'll show you what some of them look like. So I know again that we are, um, that we're on audio, but I will provide these pictures to everybody so that they can see it. So here's one device that is something that is 50 bucks. It's a digital uh, Gauss meter, they're called, mm -hmm. and it measures the electromagnetic fields in the room. Mm -hmm. So, and then the, the, here's one that I use in my um, in my scientific studies, and it's a little bit more expensive. It's called a trifield meter. They go anywhere between $125. So this one costs about 750 bucks, and it's very sensitive. It has a little needle, and you, what you can do is basically find. Uh, and actually, Boomer, this is the one that I carry on my in, on my person. So, wow, what, which, which one is that? So you had, you had the trifield meter, which you used in the scientific studies, and then which right. one do you have right there that you carry? Okay, this one, uh, I don't know if you, how well you can Electro see Electro-sensor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got a little digital scale on it, and mm -hmm. uh, here we go. You see it kind of beep, beeping? Okay, so essentially what it is is a very small device. Can you fit it in your pocket? Oh, yeah. Can you fit it in the palm of your hand. My hand, yep. Mm -hmm. and, and so this device will indicate the amount of uh, electromagnetic fields around you, correct? Yeah, exactly. And so um, basically, again, for 50 or 60 US, you can buy this device. Uh, it measures the amount of, it's sensitive to measure, it's called a Gauss meter, G-A-U-S-S, -S, and it measures the, the concentration of electromagnetic fields and RF fields, and you know there are different calibrations on the more expensive ones, but the simpler one that I showed you will basically just tell you where the hot spots are in your environment. And so when we go in and we're contracted as a company to go in as expert like witnesses and consultants to remediate the electromagnetic fields that exist in an office, a workplace, and a home, it comes back to if you're sick, and you're trying to cut down on some of the variables that are causing stress that feed into your disease, then you look at all the, you know, your little checklist and EMF is actually right on the checklist and it's right near the top. So what I do is I look at where people spend the most amount of time. And this is really important for the businessman, And it's also important for the business person, the traveler. Usually it's where you sleep. So you're looking at seven to eight hours. Uh, you know, if you're lucky, uh, most business guys, sometimes they're lucky if they get five hours, but still it's five hours in one place. And if that place is an area that has high concentrations of electromagnetic fields, your brain cannot get into theta or a delta state, which is your REM sleep, which is the area where you're a deep sleep, where your body does all its repair. So if you can't repair because of high concentrations of EMF, then you're really creating a platform of ill health over time, not affect you because you're young, 
But as you get older, these things become really much more impactful on your health and wellness and stamina and your energy. So you buy this Gauss meter, you go around, you check your bedroom. Then the, probably the next area that people spend the most amount of time is could be in their car as they're commuting to work. And cars are usually, especially if it's a hybrid, like a Tesla or, or something that's battery operated car. Uh -oh. So all of the Tesla's driving around Amsterdam right now, pretty high in EMF, right? Oh my God. Crazy high, not mm -hmm. high, crazy high. And then now remember, you know, you're sitting on a battery. That's basically what that car is, right? And that electromagnetic field off of that battery is coming right into your body. Again, there are ways to shield yourself from these things. So uh, the other area would probably be your workplace. So the three areas that you have to care about. Now, I'd like to just divert the focus of this discussion a little bit to the newborns, the mothers. They have these... Uh, they're, they just delivered a child. The baby is not even a month old. It's in mm -hmm. the crib. They, of course, they can't be watching them every minute, so they buy one of these little monitors. Now, the monitor is a wireless monitor. It's, it allows them to have some freedom. And they put it extremely close to the baby because they want to see them move, they want to hear them move, all that kind of stuff. Well, effectively, they're drawing those RF signals or those radio waves right into the baby's environment. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier about that zero to 15 range in terms of age and building those neuronal pathways. Yeah, so critical. So I know the mother, if she knew how harmful these frequencies were on the child, she would never do it. But people aren't made aware of it. And the companies making the devices are not making them the you know, the parents or the babies, the, the mothers are aware of it. So it's really important that we at least understand that. And I, I will show a few slides that reflect on that in a minute. But uh, the Gauss meter is the place to start. You test the areas that you spend the most amount of time in and where the areas are that are what we call hot spots. And mm -hmm. oftentimes it has to do with electrical wiring. Like there could be something behind the wall. Many buildings I know in Europe are, are older and the newer buildings here in the U.S. that are 10 to 15 years or younger, they have special electrical codes that they have to go by and inspectors that have to make sure that they go by it so that there's proper insulation to protect uh, the people from some fields, not all, but some. Just going back to the, Robbie, if you don't mind, just going back to the Gauss meter real quick, is there any particular level, obviously zero would be ideal, but is there any particular level where you just say, Dear God, whatever, you, we have to do something about this. Yeah, 1.0 milligauss or higher is already starting to get into the range. Let me tone it down a little bit for the audience. Everything that plugs in and everything that's battery operated is generating a field. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of EMF around us and cell towers generate fields. Okay, so we get all that. But understand that the important thing is the relationship of your body to where the field is being generated and that concentration of field. So for instance, if you turn a fan on in the room and the motors of fans are generally the, the biggest culprits because they're the people that make the motors, they don't shield them properly. And so the fan is working great and that doesn't, doesn't generate electromagnetic field, but the motor that's driving the fan does. Oftentimes because they're not shielded properly, they're a big culprit in generating a large amount of electromagnetic field. So you buy the fan and you set it up in your room. And if you took your gas meter and you put it right on the back of the motor, it would probably read off the chart, maybe 14 up to 20 
milligauss, where I'm saying 1.0 is already a problem. Wow. Then, so that's how high it could get or, or more. If that fan is placed across the room and you're actually sitting at your desk and you're 25 feet away, their frequencies have a concentration to them. And what you might find when you're holding that gauss meter is hold it right on the fan motor, then come two inches away, then four inches away, then a foot away, then two feet away. And what you might find is, is that where you're sitting in relationship to that fan and to the EMF is so far away that the concentrations aren't really affecting you. Since the microwave oven is a big culprit, and maybe some of your viewers still use them, but microwave ovens generate very high levels of electromagnetic fields. And uh, we have one in our house. We don't use that. It's also a convection oven. We use the convection oven side, not the microwave side. But I have to stand seven and a half feet away from that microwave oven in order for my gauss meter to not to register any fields. Seven and a half feet away. Now, I don't know about you, Boomer, but I remember being in college making popcorn, and I would sit there in front of that microwave two inches away because it's so cool to just watch this thing on a carousel, watch your food getting heated up, right? And you want to see the popcorn pop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's probably the worst thing you could ever do for yourself. So. <laughs> So, but, you know, not knowing, you know, that's now I know better. So I'm here and it's my responsibility to let you know and make sure your, your viewers know. Going a little bit further, Robbie. So let's say you've, you've taken the steps to go out and buy this Gauss meter. Maybe you buy the $50 one, maybe you buy the $700 one. We'll link to both in the show notes. But in terms of just general steps people can take to reduce themselves from EMF, that are different than, I know the image that some people may have in their head is of the tinfoil man <laughs> in terms of just blocking you know, electromagnetic frequencies from coming into your brain. But what are general steps or general good practices that people can do? Okay, so the first thing is to identify when, where and, and how these frequencies and the concentrations are being generated to start with. So for instance, we know that a wireless network um, might work great for getting laptops and cell phone signals inside your house, but they're also generating these fields. They have on-off buttons, Boomer, believe it or not. So you can turn your wireless network off at night when you're sleeping. Imagine that, right? So mm -hmm. again, you have to identify the source and the, and the concentration of the source and then look to remove it. And so, you know, when you can turn off a device, turn it off. That's the best way to get to protect yourself. The other ways to do it um, would be certain shielding technology that's available and not expensive. My company makes, just recently in the last 18 months, we broke out the technology we use to shield our devices and we made standalone products, little chips and things that you can put on your phones and in your cars and in your home to again, to deflect and or um, shield yourself from that. And that's really where ultimately we have to go. So just on, on those devices, because I have one sitting here right next to my computer, okay. um, how does it exactly work? So the EMF goes through the device and then comes out as something that your body can handle? Or you're, feel free to delve into the science on this one. Well, actually, it's a pretty good question. Uh, there are four or five different approaches. The approach that we've taken, I guess, you know, really what I want to do is show you a, a slide. And again, the slides we'll put in the show notes, everyone. Of what an EMF looks like, because it'll help me explain to you part of what we do. This is a slide of what a wireless network would look like or an EMF would look like going up your stairwell. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty much covering the entire stairwell. Yeah. And you see all the different colors and the wavelengths and so forth. Again, this is aura technology or aura photography called Kirkland photography. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what that would look like. Notice the spin on the uh, and the direction of the spin, if you can, of the frequency. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's so that almost clockwise or counterclockwise? It would be clockwise. And then this is the one that's a knockout. So again, I asked the audience, you know, the, the doctors, how many have two cell phones? So I get 20, uh, whatever, around 11%. Then I ask how many have one, 100%. Then I put this slide up. Oh no, don't tell me that's my cell phone. Well, take a look at the bottom. You see down here? Oh no. <laughs> I right. like how you led into that one. There's the, there, okay. Okay, so you see, you see what I'm looking at there at the mm -hmm. very bottom where my finger is? That mm -hmm. is a cell phone. These are the frequencies coming off of one cell phone. Could you imagine a conference room when there's 100% of 200 doctors that all have their cell phones on, that they're generating these frequencies, what, how that's affecting your brain? And you mm -hmm. won't know why you have brain fog or you have problems focusing at work. Restless leg. Restless yeah, just, leg. just for everybody listening, the, the images of a cell phone on the ground and it's portraying the EMFs coming out of that cell phone. And it looks like almost a globe if you will, encompassing the entire room. Okay, so the spin is clockwise. And one of the things that we do, in what, what a clockwise spin does is it basically draws the body and life force from you. It's mm -hmm. drawing, out, drawing it out of you. Mm -hmm. Almost like a, the way that a tornado would, would operate in drawing, um, changing the energy and creating a spin that's pulling things into the funnel, okay? Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've developed a method to actually change the spin of the EMF to make it counterclockwise. So it supports healthy living, not drawing it from you. The other thing that we do, and again, all of our technology is evidence-based. That means that we, we send it out to third-party reviewers to give us their view on it and rank and rate it. And so the other thing we do is we shield against the energies that actually generate a heat signature. And so that's also very important for people to understand that when you pull the cell phone to your head, it's heating up the side of your brain. And it's that radiation that's causing a, uh, also a challenge. And some of the studies on brain cancer and cancers that are generated because of that is, is again, pretty enormous. So what we do is we shield against the radiation, we change the spin, and so we diminish uh, down to, I guess, close to 98% of the ill effects of EMF on, on the body. Now we shield all of our devices that way, and now what we did was we took out the, that shielding technology and we broke it out into ways that you can just place it on devices so that people can actually do some things that will help themselves and their families, you know? Yeah. And I, I have one on my cell phone and one sits in my office right now, but uh, just real quick, because I know terms like life force and drawing life force uh, out can sound to some people as a little bit, how do I say this lightly? Woo. But this is all, you know, scientific based, as you said, evidence-based, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And we have these fields of energy that are all around us. And th this is not new science. The, the, mm -hmm. the cell is like a little battery. There's a positive side and a negative side. Because most of us, because of technology, are more positive. Our bodies are actually a little bit more positive than negative. What that means is that the cell can't communicate as efficiently as it would as if it were neutral. That's where you want to go. And the reason why we're more positive are, are things like incandescent lights and air handlers. And the fact that we're not touching the earth anymore to get that negative charge to balance us out, it bodes towards most of the technology that actually makes us more positive charge than negative charge. So if I were to give the viewers here a prescription for health and wellness long-term, 
would be to get more negative charge in their body, get grounded, mm -hmm. which is really another way to remediate against harmful effects of EMF. So, so for instance, we know it exists, the EMF exists, right? We shield as best we can, but we also have to be proactive in making sure that we touch the earth. And so what I do when I teach, and particularly if I'm talking to an audience that's mixed with families in there, I'll say, okay, your children are gonna be on their tablets and they're gonna be in front of their laptops and computers for an hour or two doing their studies. Make sure for every one or two hours that they're on the computer, that they're spending a half an hour to an hour outside playing in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Shoes off, right? Well, if they can, that's op optimal, but mm -hmm. communing with nature, touching the earth, mm -hmm. making sure that they're, they're balancing out the effects of technology that has subtle but long-term health and wellness impacts. So within your own home, you mentioned, you know, or you sort of hinted at rewiring your internet, getting rid of the microwave. Any other things that we should look out for? I take it you're not a big fan of 5G, but... No, um, I, it's crazy. Like in California, 5G will go through cinder block. It will go through, it'll go send a signal almost a half a mile. And 5G is now coming to a lot of the major metro areas and it's in incredibly harmful. And so... Mm -hmm. Here we are having this general discussion. I'm telling you to turn off your devices, but your neighbor that lives right next door is, has his device on full throttle. So you have to be conscious of that. Again, it starts with getting a little meter that's hardly any money to just see what's going on around you, what your environment is, what's affecting you and your children and so forth. And then, then from that, you take action. Okay, so just going on that, because business people, you know, a lot of the audience listening is maybe in cities like Singapore, New York, et cetera, uh, that are largely apartment, apartment complexes where they may not have control over their neighbor's wireless, or they may be traveling to hotel rooms where they may not be able to control the entire hotel's wireless. What other steps can somebody take to protect themselves? I've seen EMF clothing or EMF reduction clothing. Any other tips? Yeah, uh, there's a technology that's called Faraday, which is basically a screen, um, and or they call it Faraday cages. Uh, there are copper wire meshing and uh, various different earth elements. One in particular is called tektite or shungite. Uh, shungite is farmed in Russia. We use that a lot in our technology. And these are, shungite and tektite are actually meteorites that, that do naturally protect the body and earth elements uh, against electromagnetic fields. And so what we do is we take a block of shungite, which kind of looks like, looks like this, okay? And- It looks like a meteorite, you know, a piece yeah. of charcoal almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I kind of say it looks like dog turd, you know, this is also what it looks like too. You can see like mm -hmm. speckles in it. Okay, so we take the shungite and we grind it up into a micro powder. And then we infuse that powder into fabrics and into uh, devices, into um, wires that shield things for us. So, so if we know that we're generating a field, let's keep the field contained. Let's diminish that field so that it doesn't have an impact on, on your body or, or it it's concentrates the EMF into one little area, but you get an inch or two away and then it has no effect on you. So knowing the hotspots is the first key and then knowing that you can turn devices off is the second key. Everything that I have in my house that was wireless, I have now hardwired. So now my wireless computers and laptops and so forth, yeah, when I'm out, I'm using it that way, but I do have shields on them. But when I'm in my house and I'm using 
you know, and we have a fair amount of technology here. Everything that I can hardwire, I do. And there has been a movement here in the U.S. that, well, let me see, five to eight years ago, they were all the computer labs in the, in the high schools were all going wireless. And now they're getting rid of wireless and they're making them all wired again. And as I mentioned earlier, many of the areas in Europe are actually um, ruling out EMF uh, altogether or wireless devices altogether. This is an interesting slide that I'd like to show everyone. Okay, so basically it's a bar chart showing you the what is considered to be the RF international guidelines for mm -hmm. the amount of tolerance or frequencies. So that's the US and Australia, which is the bar that's the highest. And then next to that is Canada and US, then Australia and New Zealand. And look where everybody else is, Boomer, down here. Look where Europe is. Wow. So if I just read this off to people, so US and Canada at 1 million in terms of tolerance and just used, you know, international RF protection or radio frequency protection guidelines. Uh, Australia at 200,000, so one fifth of that of the US. And then we look at Europe, which <laughs> looking at Germany and Austria, and that's 1,000 and then 100 in Austria. It sounds like I should move to Austria, Robbie. <laughs> well, I don't know how far that is from you, but uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. The point being is, is that the uh, agencies that actually um, review and make decisions as to what levels uh, are acceptable for the devices that are being manufactured are the FTC, which is the Trade Commission, and the FCC, which is the Communication Commission. There are virtually no health-minded people that sit on the panels that make up these choices. That's why you see this. It's all it's completely economic-driven. And as you can see on the slide, you know, I have a picture of a little girl and she's holding up a sign, I am not a, I am not a science experiment. And that is really the, the crux of what I was saying about how important it is that we influence the young families. So I know we're talking to businessmen and travelers, but I'm sure they have wives and kids. And even though they're out doing business and running around and making money and doing their thing, um, they have to be concerned about what's going on at home. And that's what we're yeah. talking about today. So just, just to summarize sort of things that these guys can do, uh, you know, whether it's at your home or while traveling, first off, you know, get a Gauss meter. Secondly, you know, rewire your home, get rid of the, the microwave, look into a Faraday cage, uh, as well as, you know, potentially some of this EMF protective clothing, which we can all link to. But yeah, that, that's all very helpful, Robbie. Now, if you don't mind, uh, just wanted to give the floor to you to talk a little bit. And I know you hinted about it during this conversation, but the company you founded, the company of which you know, you're the chief science officer for, as well as the chief executive officer, Therasash. If you don't mind just walking us through exactly what you do, some of these devices, how we can use those in our everyday life to make our lives a lot healthier. Okay, awesome, great question. But before I answer that, I have to show you one more slide, Boomer. More slide. Yeah, 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 yeah. this is really crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, so, we, you know, we talked today about this challenge of electromagnetic fields. And we've also talked today about how they're all around us, but we can't really react to it because we can't, they're not visible, right? So what makes it even worse is that, in, particularly in the US, again, I always view Europe as being more civilized and um, you can always correct me if I'm wrong, maybe. Every, every country's got their own thing, but what really uh, struck a, a strong note to me was I was traveling through the, the Midwest area and the South Southwest area and um, going through Tucson, Arizona. And I noticed the construction and I'll show you this, this slide. Okay. And it's um, basically what they're doing is they're taking cell towers and they're disguising them as cactuses. 
And in the North Carolina area, they're taking cell towers and electrical power centers, and they're making them look like churches so that, that you can't see, it, they're disguising the cell tower. So, I mean, it, it's bad enough when you see the cell tower, right? And then this one's really crazy. Can you see that one? It looks like a pine tree, right? It and does. See that they're constructing it. Well, I happened to be traveling back from a seminar we were, we were delivering some presentation at in Sarasota, Florida. And I was, we were hungry and we, picked, we called in some food and we stopped off to go pick it up. I was so hungry, so famished when we were that I couldn't wait to get home. I had to have my first slice out of the back of, of our SUV. So I lift up the top, I grab my slice, I'm taking a bite, and I look up and right across from the parking lot was a five-story pine tree that was a cell phone tower. That's new to me. I mean, since I've left the U.S., I, I didn't know that these uh, disguise or cell phone towers in disguise existed. But uh, wow, five-story pine tree. I take oh, yeah. it the earthing, the earthing benefits don't exist on that pine tree. No, there's nothing about that that's natural or earthing, but there is something about it that's real dangerous because once again, you know, they're act now the concentration of cell towers are so great here in the U.S. that they have to do something to disguise them so that they can blend into a particular community or environment. Again, they're lowering your guard or you're not armed because you can't, you're not alarmed. Like, I can walk outside. I, I told you I see four towers. If I walked outside and saw 43, I'd be considering to move to, where did you want to go? To uh, Vienna. or I think the yeah. slide said Austria in yeah, the Salzburg area. Yep. This slide is pretty interesting too. It's a picture of the frequencies of what it might look like in your living room mm -hmm. if we were able to see them. I don't know. We beat this one pretty good today. And I know that um, you probably have a couple more questions. And the last one you asked was, was something about therosage and what we're doing. And again, mm -hmm. our concentration is on, is about developing devices and protocols for three wave or full spectrum infrared frequency. Our devices are listed with FDA. So we have gone through a great amount of regulatory processes with United Laboratories on the electrical side and NAMSA on the testing our materials. So there's no, they're not toxic and they're biocompatible. But we do employ as part of our technology, no EMF. And so why that is, is because we want to deliver complete infrared therapy. And infrared therapy, infrared sauna, infrared healing pads, these are all devices we make and they will pull the EMF that the body is storing out as part of another way that you can detox. And so we're very proud of that because um, again, it's natural sun energy. What we're doing is harnessing something that you can go outside if you had the, had the inclination and grab it yourself naturally from the sun. Remember the sun generates UV frequencies in the early part of the day and those are the nurturing frequencies that change your pH and, and uh, also increase the vitamin D level. The later on in the day, probably afternoon to one o'clock in the afternoon, between that and dusk, so that would be six, seven o'clock at night, is usually when the infrared spectrum is mostly present. If you're there and available and you can just go out and get some fresh air and you can just get natural sunlight on your skin, that's really the best formula. We've developed devices for the people that can't get that in, or we've concentrated the infrared frequency because we can use it as a medical healing tool for a natural healing for the body to bounce back. 
So again, these are all things that are available to us to uh, harness what, what God and what nature has given us. We just have to understand that they're important and bring them back into our lives. Awesome. And, and if they want to hear more about your products, the website is therasage.com. Is that right? That's correct. T-H-E-R-A-S-A-G-E. Or you can send us an email at info, I-N-F-O, at therasage.com. Or we have a toll-free number in the States, which is 888-416-4441. Thank you very much, Robbie. Now, a couple of last questions before, before you go. If someone wanted to educate themselves, read a little bit more about electromagnetic frequencies or even infrared, are there any books or you know, documentaries in particular that you recommend? Well, they're all over YouTube, so you can look them up there. And a great guy to follow is a guy named Jack Cruz. Jack Cruz. I, I love Jack Cruz. Yeah. He, oh, man. <clears throat> He's a hero on the EMF stuff. Rhonda Patrick, PhD, is also really very uh, outspoken about, about the harmful effects of EMF. It goes all the way back to a guy like Joe Rogan, who has a big following. He's another guy that's big on EMF and also on infrared. So they, they opine on... <clears throat> the ways that you can detox using infrared technology, as well as the harmful effects of EMF. So these are all good guys to reference. Certainly, you can use our website as a resource. We'll be posting a lot more white papers that we've created in our own research to create and raise awareness. And then there's these interviews like you and I do to try to get everybody to focus on this challenge that we have that you can't ignore. In fact, one of the comments that Jack Cruz just made recently, which is just amazing to me, because the world is so focused on nutrition and, you know, that being food, like Hippocrates said, you know, food is your, is your life force and all that. They're ignoring this 900 pound elephant that's in the room, which is technology, which is EMF. And, and I think that he's couldn't be more right about it. So we are approaching it from many, many ways, but any angle we look at, it's not good. And it's mostly to do with the concentration of it and how it's embedded in technology now and how people are being drawn to the technology that's wireless because it's convenient and it's fast and it's this and it's that. And um, they're not tied down and it's very versatile, ignoring the fact that the concentration of that is so impactful in the body to be operating properly that I, I think that uh, it's gonna come more to light and I'm very proud to be with you today and have the opportunity to try to bring a little bit more light on this topic. Thank you so much, Robbie. Now, just a couple additional resources that I, I use that I recommend to people. There's a couple of Facebook groups, believe it or not, you can actually use it as a tool to get information if you know how to filter right. Uh, one is called EMF Warriors. The other one is Quantum Light and Magnetism. Some of the posts are people ranting, but otherwise you can get good information there. There's a documentary called Resonance. And then of course, you mentioned Dr. Jack Cruz, uh, who I think recently also adopted a quote from Hippocrates and said, light be, be thy medicine. Uh, but anyways, uh, just moving on to a uh, couple last questions for you, Robbie. Now, you mentioned the site therasage.com. You also mentioned a couple of resources here. If I can just summarize the key takeaways for people, and then I have one last question before you go because it's a particular problem that I'm dealing with. But just in terms of the potential problems with EMF, we know that it can cause things like mitochondria dysfunction, disrupt your melatonin process. It can lead to chronic diseases or contribute to chronic diseases, that is. And if you have some of these symptoms, you may want to go out and get a Gauss meter and start going through that protocol that we mentioned, things like rewiring your house, uh, getting rid of the microwave, and potentially looking at things like Faraday cage. 
Now, my one last question for you, for those of us in Europe who are getting smart meters installed in our apartment complexes, what do you recommend? How do we deal with that? <laughs> uh, okay, so in Florida, they installed our smart meter in the middle of the night. They were probably wearing hoods when they did that. Florida, it cost me $165 to have it removed and $16 a month to have actually a meter reader come out um, to, to go grab it. Uh, or whatever my my utility usage <clears throat> so we what I did was I left my smart meter in front of my house that's three inches away from the main water um, um, uh, outlet that brings water into my home and so once again that those electromagnetic fields are actually affecting the structure of the water that I'm using to drink and to shower with and to cook with okay so I left the meter on for about three months to see what it would do. And within basically two and a half to three weeks, all of the vegetation, the bushes, the plants, the flowers that were within four feet of that meter died, okay? There, were wow. no, there was no life, like none of the critters that normally live outside near our house, you know, the, the um, little crickets and, you know, all that stuff that is very famous in Florida. Nothing would go near that smart meter. So I guess the short answer is get the meter removed if you can mm -hmm. afford that. The other thing is, it, the, again, it has to do with the placement of the meter relative to where your body is. <clears throat> so an example of that, I was teaching at Hippocrates and one of the guests, she had a um, 25 centimeter tumor inside her belly. Her boyfriend <clears throat> has testicular cancer and her dog had a bunch of tumors going up and down her leg. And as we were talking in my, in my presentation during, she brought this to light. There were 50 guests at Hippocrates that were in the room. She said, you know, by the way, everybody in my horseshoe-shaped um, building complex, they're all sick. And then she, I said, do you have a picture of, the, of, your, of where you live? And she showed it to me, and she showed me a picture that was just under her window. She had 16 smart meters under the window that her bed is on. So wow. a smart meter is like having 10 microwave ovens uh, on with the door open. That's how much frequency is being brought to it. So you, and she had 16. She had 16. Wow. So, so, so she said, she posed the question, like, well, what should I do? Or I said, she said, what should I do about this? She said, well, well, you're here at Hippocrates, you know, that I'm doing something, she said. I go, okay, well, you're going to be only here for three weeks when you leave. Then what are you going to do? You go back home. Everybody in the room looked at her and go, move, just move, you know? So, so you got to be smart about it, okay? Mm -hmm. If unfortunately it's the time that we're in if you were living in an apartment building and you were right across from the utility room and that utility room had all of the smart meters that service the entire building you might choose to move to a different apartment building if a different apartment building or a different apartment in that complex away from that concentration of frequency so again you know i don't want to go back to our early part of the discussion but look at Find out the source of the problem, get yourself a meter and figure out where this is coming from and how it might be affecting you and your family. Then you can actually do something about it. And if it is some, so extreme as to actually move, then move. Because what you're dealing with on the offset is, is the onset of a lot of, of health challenges. And um, unfortunately, we all, have, we, well, we all have genetic proclivities. But oftentimes, many of them may not even come to surface if it weren't for the stressors that are in our life. And so if you have it, and let's say if one of them is that you potentially have a problem 
with uh, your ability to cell function. And we know that EMF will affect your, your mitochondria. So if you have EMF and, and your ability for your cell to, to, have, to be energized naturally is diminished by EMF, then you got to take EMF out. Otherwise, you're going to fall into that chronic ailment or chronic disease category. And so mm -hmm. you, can, you can do something about this, but it comes from first knowing that it exists and secondly, knowing how to detect and third, knowing what to do to remediate. In extreme, take yourself out of the game, move to a different place. But other than that, if it's just you know, moderate, we had a doctor that called up that just moved into a million and a half dollar home in Utah. And he chose a particular room for his, to have his, his home office and his studio. And he moved into that room and he got all set up and he was all excited. And within two hours, he was starting to get terrible migraine headaches. He called me up immediately and he said, well, what can I do? What should I do? I said, let me send you out a gas meter. Go and check the wall. Sure enough, a brand new million dollar home. There was a leak in, a, in one of the power boxes right behind the wall where he was sitting, where his desk was. So I said, Dan, do me a favor. Just move your desk on the other side of the room if you can. And he did. As soon as he did, his headaches went away. Problems were gone. Yeah. Excellent. That's how simple it could be. It could just be changing the orientation of the bed in your bedroom. You know, it all comes into that stress uh, category. So I think we've covered this pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Thank you again, Robbie. I really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with us and to educate us on the EMF. I think this is a perfect place to leave off. And I would love to have you on again to talk more about things like infrared and all kinds of other things. But once again, thank you. And to all the superhumans out there listening, thank you again for tuning in. Hey there, superhuman. It's Boomer again. Just one more thing before you go. Actually, when you go. Do you mind going over to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and some comments? It really helps get the word out about Decoding Superhuman, and I always love to hear your feedback. Have an epic day.